Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Reel with MoxieWorks. I'm your host, York Bauer, CEO of MoxieWorks, and I'm joined by one Michael Fanning, Senior Vice President at Windermere Services. Michael, a pleasure to have you as always. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we, uh, for, for those of you in the audience who don't know, Michael is actually kind of the, the OG of, of this whole thing that we call <laughs> MoxieWorks these days, because as some of you may know, we have our origins as a spin out uh, more than a decade ago now from Windermere Services, the franchisor of, of Windermere Real Estate here in the Northwest and on the West Coast. And by way of background, maybe you can start there, Michael. You've, you've been in and, in and around both Windermere and the technology aspect for some time. So some take time. us back. Yeah, so it, let's go back to 19, late 1996. And I have to give credit to two people, uh, Alan Benson uh, and uh, um, Brian Allen. So Alan Benson was a Windermere agent uh, out of Gig Harbor, actually, and he had this idea of putting listings on a website. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. But imagine Although that. back then it was revolutionary. Yeah. It was yes. revolutionary. In 96, because we had college rule paper, uh, and we had Polaroids for listeners that or watchers that don't know what a Polaroid is, and we'd glue stick them onto, and you'd see the homes. Anyway, so Alan had this idea to pull data from, at that time, the Pierce County MLS and uh, put it on a website that he had built. And uh, he was doing that and kind of got caught because I think they were going in the back door of the Pierce County MLS. Ah, yes. And, uh, and then Brian Allen came along and said, hey, let's legitimize this, and which now we know today is known as IDX. Yep. Right? Internet. And you helped co-develop that standard, I believe. Right. So what happened is Alan called me and said, hey, you know, we got these things going to be happening where we're going to have these browsers and we're going to have email and there's going to be websites that nobody's really ever used before and you're really good at explaining it and training it, um, we need a team and we're gonna work together. So we started building and it was just basically the two of us at the beginning in 97 and then it just kind of grew and then that's what morphed into, you know, CRMs and, uh, and right. photo gallery right. and I mean, and all these new things. And so, and it sure. just kept growing and I just kept training on those pieces of it. And, uh, and then here we are today and now MoxieWorks is running with it at a whole nother level, you know, 100 miles an hour. Yeah, and, yeah. that's a great story. And I, and I love it because it shows foresight, you know, that I have the document to prove that Windermere.com, the domain, was registered in January of 1995. Yes. The internet. So, I mean, that's how far back all that that goes. And you were obviously a key piece of that. It, it was fun. I mean, you know, I was. I think I was telling you this one before we were prepping, is that I have a little book, a, a book that we, were, we, were, we would uh, kind of build a, a mind map, if you will, and we had on there email. And then right. we had the question mark next to it that says, uh, will they use it, number one? Number two, will they pay for it? And then what might we want to charge for? And I think we were going to charge $5 a month uh, for them to have a Windermere email address. And at that time, it wasn't uh, Exchange. It was POP. It was, oh, it was yeah. POP servers, right? And so teaching people how to use that was, you know, yeah. was fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you are the perfect guy, I think, then, for this, this segue into our, our sort of main topic about using Sphere of Influence because... Mm -hmm. Like me, you're a technologist at heart. I mean, mm -hmm. you love the technology, yes. but here we are 25 plus years later, and to some degree, we, you know, technology has not taken over the world in spite right. of what the disruptors might have you think. Yep. So, what is it in your mind? What is the role of the technology, whether it's Moxie's or anyone else's? In, in an agent's life? Well, you know, try to summarize for us maybe in a sentence what you think the value of technology is for an agent. Well, you know, one of the things we teach is uh, when you run a business is to work smarter, not harder, right? And I think that the key word there is convenience. And so, um, you know, I can have a database that lives in Excel and I can spend a lot of time in my day trying to manage it or I can have technology that allows me to see the, the, the important items, we call it the 20% that are gonna give me the 80% return. 
that I can see that very efficiently. I can pop it up, I can have it with me, I can have it with me on my device, right? I can take it with me wherever I am, and it keeps me in the forefront or the top of mind of my client. And that is where I see technology uh, benefiting us. And uh, you know, it's like anything else, we can go down that rabbit hole of all the bells and whistles and all the really cool things it does, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it really is, is that piece of technology, number one, providing convenience, number two, is it enhancing your relationships? And if it's not doing either of those things, then it's probably not a smart tool to be using. Yeah, I agree. And then I think you made an interesting comment in there that the bells and whistles, you know, we, we get a lot of requests from, from agents over, over time to, yeah, I need the button that does this one thing. Right. Generally speaking, the, the best CRM is the one you actually use. And it's probably just because it doesn't have one button where you want it. It's probably not a good reason for why you're not using exactly. the CRM. So, but let's shift gears into the importance of sphere uh, methodology yep. versus lead gen. I mean, you've spent mm -hmm. you're, you're a certified ninja instructor. Right. You've spent literally now a couple decades perfecting that and driving that through brokerages. So, talk about your view of of those two modes of of more of a lead gen uh, oriented approach, whether it's leads flowing from the broker or being generated mm -hmm. by that agent or team versus a sphere methodology. Talk about that. Absolutely. Well, and I'll reference uh, the book, The Infinite Game. I don't know if you've read that yep. by Simon Sinek. So we talk about finite and infinite game. So the finite game is instant gratification. I need something now, and it's very transactional minded, meaning you're kind of like a hunter, right? So you get a transaction, you close the transaction, and now you got to go hunt for another transaction. And they're not building relationships, and you're coming from a place of what we call kind of being on accident, if you will. Right. And, and, and yet, you can build a business off that, but the challenge is, is that when we look at it, you know, your business may be doing well, but what's your life like? Because all you're doing is you're at the mercy of that client, you're at the mercy of that lead that you don't know very well, and you know, you gotta establish that, and it's just hard work. And then you shift gears and you go over to the infinite game, meaning the long-term game, like not instant gratification, but hey, I'm gonna invest in this person, I'm gonna invest in this relationship, and I'm gonna have a relationship mindset, and that, uh, pays you tenfold because those people that you're working with that you close that transaction with, they know more people like themselves and you build this evangelistic group that really want to help you, right? And so when we see agents that live in that transactional world, a lot of times they're on accident, they're very reactionary and sometimes they hit burnout, but it's not sustainable. And you, you see them literally, they'll have, they'll have these big ebbs and flows in income and then, or sometimes they just disappear for six months, right? right? And then they reemerge and they kind of come back and they've got the next shiny object that they paid money for. Um, and then you take somebody who's relationship-based and they have this pretty consistent flow of income that's going up. They also have a life, you know, they're spending time, their relationships are good. Uh, and then the other side of it too, is that they're actually coming from a place of being proactive. I mean, they, they're running their business like a business. Uh, they have time off. Um, they're pretty, you know, well-rounded. And it's just, it's just two different people. Totally. And I think the technology reflects that our technology, obviously, is oriented to mm -hmm. the latter category. Yes. And I think, unfortunately, as an industry, I think I'm talking about real estate tech now as the industry. I think we sort of perpetrate the the... Uh, myth of a lead gen business on people because so much you open Inman any day so much of it is about that getting versus, a lead yeah versus, yeah you know eighty two percent of an agent's business comes from their sphere so we're kind yep. of focusing them by by all our shiny objectness focusing mm -hmm. them on the rock thing you had a great story you told me when we were getting ready about an agent because uh, one of the things that I think is a misnomer too about sphere is that oh only experienced long term agents have a sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. 
Not true. And you had a great story about an agent that uh, that, that came into the industry. Tell, tell that story. Yeah, so her name's Allison uh, Stensrud, and she's out of Walla Walla, Washington. And so she moved to Walla Walla um, and knew nobody. And she was, you know, I think she knew two people when she got there. And Doug Simcock, who was her, her broker there. And so um, immediately, Doug likes all of his agents to go through Ninja. So right out of the gate, she goes to Ninja. In fact, she had just had a baby. So she comes to Ninja. We are teaching in Bend, Oregon, of all places. So she brings her mom. She's taking breaks during uh, Ninja to go see her, her child, you know, and then come <laughs> wow. back. And you could tell she was really tired, but she takes that. And then uh, it took about six months and she got her first transaction. So in her first year, um, I think she did between eight, eight, I think six to eight transactions, right? Which is great for her first year. And then fast forward to year two, uh, she doubles it. Year three, she doubles it again. And I think the last time we checked in with her, she was, uh, I believe, and I may be a little bit off on the numbers, but somewhere around 56 transactions, um, doing phenomenally well. But when you when we talked to her, we said, Allison, what was the key? And she said, you know what? Number one, I ran my business like a business. Number two, I wasn't buying leads. I was building relationships. And so if you look at her daily schedule, right, her note writing, her property reviews, her phone calls, her strategies and her tools, she just dialed it in, right? Yeah. And the actions that she did consistently every day generated that business and it will continue. And I think uh, just this this month, I think she's got seven listings. Dang, Right. Wow. This month, where we have agents that are in the lead world going, oh my gosh, it's impossible to get a listing right now. What do I do? Who do I pay? It's like, you know what, we'll write a note, make a phone call. <laughs> right. And that is the irony of it, because not only is a sphere-based methodology a lot more rational and a lot more going to produce a much better long-term mm -hmm. result, but it is the source of listings. No one's filling yeah. out a form to list their home. No. Right? Nobody. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. All right. So now let's let's talk about, and, and you and I, again, when we were prepping, touched on this a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's that the joke is winter is coming. You know, there's all this stuff. Yes. I was on CNBC <clears throat> this morning, and they had their reporter talking about how they... You know, the housing market is slowing and all these things. Uh, and it is. But for those of us that have been around, it's really more a reversion to normality. Absolutely. To a more of a normal market. Talk a little bit about that. And then also talk about the durability of a sphere-based approach versus a lead gen-based approach in a market, you know, downturn or a more normal market. You know, this is great. So we have an economist, Matthew Gardner, and the yeah. other day he and I were talking and he said, you know, the challenge we see today is there's a lot of agents, let's face it, getting into real estate is a very low barrier of entry. So yep. we have a lot of people to get into it. Well, we have a lot of people that are in the business now that haven't experienced a slower market. That's right. They've experienced a market where you put a sign in the yard and you get, you know, 12 offers and it goes for 127% over asking price and it's done and you just <laughs> do that again and again and again. And so you're not having crucial conversations, you're not having to run your strategies on your, you know, working your business. And so now the market starts to, and, and it's just normalizing. Yeah. Right? It's just normalizing. I mean, that's what's going on. I mean, typically homes are on the market for 30 to 45 days. I mean, that's kind of a normal world, but these agents haven't seen that normal market. So they haven't had to put those strategies in place. And so that's why we see this panic a little bit. And the other one that gets me is the interest rates. Uh, I don't know about you, but I owned a house. When, I think I had a 9% interest rate at one point oh, yeah. in time in my home. And then I refinanced to 7 and I thought it was the, the most amazing thing. I yeah. went from 9 to 7 yet we see people today that say, oh, you got to be kidding me, it's 5 or 6? This is outrageous. It's like, well, no, that's... Yeah, and historically, it's still on the low end. Absolutely. Historically, it's still on the low end. And so I, I, I think... Um, that, that's, that's a big thing right now. And we have to be really careful of the narrative that we put out there because it's not panic, it's not recession, it's not a depreciating market. It's just, it's, it's normalizing and it's changing. So we have to shift with that change. When I'm, in a, when I'm in a, an on accident agent that hasn't experienced that and I don't have a system and a strategy and I'm running off getting leads, 
I really can go into a, a panic mode. Like, where's my business coming from? And I think we're going to see a lot of agents just kind of go away. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing. The ones that have been running their systems and they have their relationship based because what we know and, you know, Larry Kendall will say this, you know, that lead, uh, that lead triangle, that one year lead triangle, we actually call that kind of the mosh pit because that's where everybody's fighting to get that, yep. you know, and I will even say when we buy leads and I, I digress a little bit here, but when we buy leads, what I really believe that to be is we're buying a broken real estate relationship. It's true. Yeah. Because because at some point in time they had a that relationship with an this. agent. Yes. And then that agent left them at the closing table and never followed up with them again. And now they've fallen into a lead pool and now they're being sold back to us. So we're really, if we would have just stayed in contact with them. It's a failure ultimately. Yes. Yeah. So so you think about somebody who says, hey, I closed the transaction. Now you go into my flow. Now you go into my client appreciation. Now you're on my Popeye schedule. Now I'm providing value to you. That's not even based in real estate, just based in your life. And now I have you have I have equity to you, and you're going to refer me. And everybody knows that at least four people every year that they can refer me. That's right. And and you know one of the things I know you're a big fan of, and maybe you can talk about the use of of the Moxie Tech because I know you you promote this. Of all of the things that you can do, and there is a long list of things there is. that an agent needs to do. But in my mind, the thing that is just an absolute travesty that this industry does not do is that thoughtful annual property review. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an obvious thing, right? Your, your, your financial planner meets with you routinely. Your doctor has an interview. Right. And there's this sense of, I'm going to give you an update. There may not be anything to do, but I'm going to give you an update. And in this case, it's for their most emotionally significant and, and typically financially significant asset. Talk about just that one aspect and, and the use of tech in doing so. Yeah, so uh, the prop review, for those of you listening, is really simple. It's, it's an annual report on typically the biggest asset in your net worth, which is your real estate. And by the way, think about this. We had unprecedented appreciation in the end of, in the end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022. And the challenge we face, a lot of homeowners today are underinsured. Right. Right. And so now all of a sudden my, my financial trusted or my real estate trusted advisor shows up with this report says, by the way, here's where you have appreciated to. And by the way, you might want to let your insurance agent know that you need to adjust your binder. You know, you might want to let your financial planner know to change your net worth. But the point is, is that that's got to be quick and easy. It's not a CMA. And I should be able to crank those out in about five to 10 minutes yep. based on the, the tool that's there. And the beauty of it is inside Present Moxie. In fact, I just did a, a class on this the other day is here's how you do it. Here's a template. You know, don't overthink it, get it done, because really it's just giving them information and then having a relationship and having questions with them. Yeah. And what I love about it is that, uh, you know, I'll go to a company and I teach installations outside of the Windermere network and you'll see companies that look at me and say, well, that's going to require a lot of work. And I say, well, you don't have a tool that just, right. just it, going back to convenience, right? <clears throat> that just makes it happen. And so the beauty of Moxie is that I can go in there, set my template up, pull my data, pull in gardener reports if I want. And in literally in 10 minutes, I've got a really beautiful looking report that's branded to me that I can email it and then attach it to my contact. So it says, hey, you sent it to them. And then it keeps a record of it. So I can go back a year from now and say, what changed? Right. Tweak it and send it again, going back to, I think the original question you asked is how does technology roll into helping me build relationships? And that's one of them. It's huge. But to your point, what, 11% of agents do prop reviews? I mean. Have you ever received a property review at your house? No, that's, curious. A, that's the irony given my role, right? I was just going to say, in my entire yeah. multi-decades, my wife and I have done more than 20 personal real estate transactions right. in our lifetimes. And 
Never once has this been done. For well, me. get ready because now I just gonna say, I'm sure I'm gonna have <laughs> get ready. People, you know, emailing me. I made that statement. <laughs> I made that statement on uh, some talk I was on, and somebody seeked me out, found my address, and I received That's awesome. like I received like two or three right, proper views. We're throwing down. That's a challenge <laughs> out there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's let's wrap up with maybe more of a brokerage perspective okay. based on everything we've talked about, because obviously you're advising mm -hmm. uh, Windermere franchise owners and mm -hmm. other brokers, because like you say, you do a bunch of work outside of the Windermere. Right. And, and we coach. And right? we coach. Yeah, exactly. we coach. So what would you say, given the period we're entering now, what would you say to a broker owner or a managing broker about how they should think about skill development uh, and retention and recruiting still? Mm -hmm in this period we're going to enter now or that we are entering? Well, I, you know, I was thinking about this morning in my drive in and we have a lot of people in our industry that are in management positions or ownership positions. And the way they got there was they were really good real estate agents and they, they did well. And then they said, oh, I'm going to own a brokerage. Right. And then they buy a brokerage and now they have to manage people. And I will say this, and this is just, I'm not judging, I'm just reporting. A lot of real estate agents are very entrepreneurial minded, but they're not good people managers, right? Sure. And what they do is they focus on the transaction, they focus on the business, they focus on the bottom line, when the reality of it is you really need to be a coach and you need to coach people where they are, right? So here's the challenge that you're having, here's, not what, you're, here's what you're not doing, so how can we coach you to get better and then have a, uh, a resource that you can provide consistently to all your agents. And so right now, as we're going through this change, one of the questions I'm asking a lot of managers and owners is, are you a coach? How invested are you in your people? How much do you know about your person? Do you know what they want to do with their life? And is your office and your system and what you do going to be the pathway for them to have that in their life? And do they know that? Right. Right. And that last part is crucial. That's you crucial. You doing all those things, but if you don't say it, that's the thing. It's it, just to double down on that. You, you talked about that being specific to real estate, that path of being a strong, genericizing it, a strong individual contributor, an mm -hmm. agent, and then becoming a manager. And I think that's one of the fallacies generally in American business, not just in real estate. Mm -hmm. By the way, it's true in, in the technology industry. Mm -hmm. It's true in banking. It's true in everything. We go, hey, Sally's a great accountant. Well, let's make her the manager of accounting. Right. Well, what is what is being an accountant, a, a salesperson, a real estate agent, an engineer, whatever your discipline is, how does that somehow magically qualify you to be a good manager exactly. of people, which is its own discipline, right? So I think it's incumbent upon us as whatever industry we're part of, to make that investment not only in our managers, to teach them and to instruct them to coach them on how to be better coaching managers, yes. but do so for ourselves. I, and I, I, I agree. A, I have a professional, we as an exec team, including me, have a professional coaching organization that we work with for this reason. I do the same thing. I mean, and that's the other piece. I think, I think everybody in this day and age, right, if you want to really be the best person you can be and help as many people as you can, uh, you, you, you need a coach. You know, when you think about when we, were, when we were in high school and grade school and we'd do sports or theater or whatever it happened to be, we had a coach. And then we become adults and we go, oh, I've got this. Right. And then you can throw a therapist in there too. I mean, some people oh, have yeah. a coach and a therapist. But, sure. but my point is, I, I'm the same way. I coach with uh, the Titan Academy with Robin Sharma and I coach with Brendan Bisharp because those two together allow me to provide more value to the people that I help. Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, you look at like my son-in-law, for example, is a two-time Olympian and mm -hmm. six-time 800 champion in the U.S. Always had a coach. Always had a coach. Yeah. You just, no one does it on their own. Nobody. No. Um, all right. Well, uh, with that, I think we're pretty much at time. But okay. Michael, this has been a fascinating conversation as always. I appreciate it. And for those of you out there, you know, follow Michael on, on Insta. He's always got a lot of great yes. things to, to comment. And if you do have an interest in, in Ninja, I, there are many great methodologies out there, but that's a proven one. 
so you know, make the investment in yourself and your agents, and in particular as we're going into this next phase of, of the economy, you know, double down on those relationships. That's what will not only carry you through, but if, if history is a guide, will allow you to power past everybody uh, in a downturn like this. So yep, and I would add too, uh, if you know if your if your organization offers coaching, take advantage of it. Um, whether it's Ninja Selling Coaching or WindermereCoaching.com or your company has coaching, take advantage of that because it is one of the best investments you probably can make. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Michael. Thank and, you, and thanks to you all out there for another Real with Moxie Works. Take care.